poppy what's going on on an mlb trade deadline tuesday oh uh, you know just uh same shit different day um waiting for the orioles to make a move waiting for the orioles to make a move i think it like we're waiting and i think it's going to be a, a well worth it move um but we'll see what's happening there um how was your weekend i know how your saturday went but i don't know how your sunday went how was your weekend um no weekend was good um so saturday saturday night went to went up to um bel air to meet steph's friends to watch uh ufc sick nice um main card was dustin poirier versus justin gaethje Mm -hmm. justin gaethje landed the fifth ever head kick knockout in um main event history damn Kind of an impressive stat there. It was gnarly. Yeah. Um, wasn't even the best knockout of the night. A um, flying knee, thirty-three seconds into the fight, by none other than Derek the Black Beast Lewis. My balls was hot. Right. If you like, if like, if, if you if you've seen the clip, that's the guy who takes his pants off and then Derek, talks. why'd you take your pants off? My balls was hot. I understand. <laughs> yeah. That's, that that was the extent of it. No, it was um, it was a lot of fun to sit there and um bullshit watch the fight. Um, I got text stuff right quick. Oh, good, all good. Yeah, if I'm on my phone, it's because I'm trying to keep up on MLB trade stuff that's going on. There's already been a lot that's happened uh, so far today. The trade de- deadline is at six. Thought I was at four. I was wrong. Uh, I do apologize, Reno, because I told you four, and you did believe it was six. You were correct. I was wrong. So I'll be a man. And admit when I was wrong. That's what takes. That's 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 what it's like to be a real man. Admitting that's, when you're wrong. Hey, you know what? I agree. Um, if only somebody could tell my next door neighbors that. Well, that's beside the point. Neither here nor there. Uh, well, Sunday I was outside changing my tail light, <laughs> and uh, the next door neighbor, she's out there. She's like, um, Philadelphia Phillies have agreed on a trade. Via Jeff Passan, if uh, Twitter decides it wants to work with me. Uh, they are acquiring right-handed starter Michael Lorenzen from the Tigers. Fuck, dude. There's another one down for the Orioles. Uh, I mean, dude, at this point, it's Dylan Cease or nobody. <laughs> you know who the Orioles are probably going to end up landing? Honestly. I saw this as a rumor maybe two days ago. From the uh, Kansas City Royals, Jordan Lyles. Just bring back Jordan Lyles. <laughs> I think that's probably what's going to end up happening. But you also got to keep in mind, um, not to cut you off from not to cut you off from your story. Well, I but cut myself off. Oh, very true. As that's far breaking. As, as far as the Orioles go, there are still plenty of um, good pitching, good pitching available that they can trade for. Um, Eduardo, Eduardo Rodriguez, Dylan Cease are just two names. I'm so I'm sure there's somebody out there that could be parted with, depending on um on the price. Yeah, yeah, dep- depending on the price. I'm sure every I'm sure most players have a price unless it's like uh you know prime prime uh, Clayton Kershaw or something like that. So. 
looking at uh, looking at standings, of course, nobody in the AL East is going to make a trade because even the Yankees are fifty five and fifty one. They're ten games back of us, which really, which really fucking warms my heart. To say. Yeah, no, that's that's a fantastic. Um, but like, fantastic. but if if you look at teams, so Kansas City, Chicago, White Sox, and Detroit, they're all making moves. Um, Kansas City, I don't really know who they all have to sell besides, like I said, Jordan Lyles, who. I'll say this. I, th- I think. I think at this point, it's probably the most realistic trade that the Orioles make is probably Eduardo Rodriguez or Jordan Lyles. Jordan Lyles because his va- his value is so low, but you also know what you're going to get out of him. Pitches really well, just doesn't get the run support that he needs. Record's not great. He's two and twelve. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing. There's only one person that's not available on the Kansas City Royals since Bobby Witt Jr. Right. Um, everybody everybody else could probably be bought. I'd, put, I'd, I'd say Salvador Perez. He's been he's been he's been there long enough. I don't I don't think I'll ever leave. I don't think I'll ever, I'll ever leave. Uh they are getting the Tigers are getting second base prospect Ha Yu Lee from number five on the Phillies top thirty. Ha Yu Lee. I may have mispronounced his name, but I could be wrong. Neither here nor there. Let's see. So number eighty is Justin Crawford. He plays for the Phillies. I don't know where. Yeah, this guy's number five for the Phillies. McAvill. So he's probably not even a top one hundred. Yeah, prospect. I would say he's not even really a top one hundred prospect. They do have three on the top one hundred list. So that's that ain't too too bad. But um, but I th- I think teams that you could I th- I think maybe another team that you could see us make a deal with is probably Seattle, team that's kind of underperforming. Maybe they want to go ahead and um. Move off some of their pitching. Who knows? A lot of their a lot of their pitches are still um still very controllable. Sure. Yeah. Um, just cause they don't have the um, tenure in them will be just yet. Um, maybe a guy like Luis Castillo. He was on the move last year. Um, from Cincinnati to Seattle. Seattle, thank you. Maybe he could be a guy that we could make a we could make a swing for. I don't know. I'm I'm just kind of pulling a name out my ass right now. Um, I don't know. Orioles. I mean, the Orioles are going to make a move. It's just it's just a matter of just a matter of when. It's just a matter of what the price is. Also, because see, I I think an issue that the Orioles are going to start running into right now at this point is a lot of teams are just going to like. I think everybody in the MLB knows that the Orioles have the best farm in baseball, right? Yeah. They have what? I I think you could argue probably their top five guys in the system, in the farm system right now. Um, he, They're the best, um, best prospect for, I, I would, I would, I would say over two thirds of the league. He's, they're going to end up being the best prospect on the team. Oh yeah. Um, Maybe that, maybe that's a little bit of a stretch, but, um, I think teams are being aggressive, knowing that we are so deep in the farm system. Maybe that's what's preventing Michael Elias from pulling the trigger on a deal. Um, ultimately, ultimately he will. We don't have a choice. We're gonna we're gonna have to make a fucking move. Um, because all these other teams are making so many other moves, we don't want to get we don't want to fall behind. Yeah, you can't stay stagnant. Right, you can't you can't stay stagnant. Yes, we're playing really well. Um. Shintaro Fujinami, he's he's looking really really good now. Had a shaky first two first two outings, but he's really settled in. Um, 
here in Baltimore. So you had the back end of the bullpen solidified, which is ultimately probably the most important thing when it comes to postseason play. Being, mm-hmm. being able to close out those games, but it's a matter of let it's a matter of you pitching well enough to get yourself to those guys at the end of the bullpen. And I think that's what the Orioles are lacking right now. So definitely starting pitching is going to be on the way. Um, it's not the end of the world right now as the time that we're recording this and that I'm saying this. It's 3.40 in the afternoon. So there's still another two hours and 20 minutes left. Yeah, the Rutschman's coming to great moments. Yeah, that's kind of cool. That is kind of cool. Um, Courtesy yeah. of Fanatics. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, there's definitely some guys out there for the Orioles to trade for. Um whether it's Dylan Cease, Eduardo Rodriguez, um, maybe the Padres buy into uh, selling a little bit, recouping some uh, some farm system. Um, yeah, the Padres just made a trade today to acquire somebody, Rich Hill and G-Man Choi. Yes. They got uh, acquiring them from the Pittsburgh Pirates, mm-hmm. so maybe, maybe they think that they can still compete there in the National League. I don't think they can. I think they're in the wild card race, but they're probably like, Four games out of the wild card. So, uh, so I'll say this: they're so they're, they're currently five ba- five back of Arizona, and you know what? Wild card's right there. Let me just take a look at it. Um, San Diego currently finds themselves five games back, five games back of the last wild card spot. So, Milwaukee, Arizona, and Miami—they're all tied for that last wild card spot. Mm-hmm. Um. Don't get me wrong, they're within striking distance, that is for sure, but it's how realistic is it? I don't know. It's a team that's really that's really underperformed as of late. Um is Rich Hill and G Man Choi gonna be enough to turn it around? That I don't know. We'll say ten seconds ago, uh the Orioles gave out their lineup. Um Jorge Mateo is starting at shortstop. So Jorge Mateo is not likely to be traded. Right, and that's something that's something you and I talked about today. But um, Kowser is not. If he's starting at center, Elson Hayes, McKenna. Okay, I wouldn't read too far into that. We'll see. Just I'm just throwing it out there. Just you know. We'll the, see. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the, the the consistency in the field is what's going to keep Ryan McKenna in the game as opposed to Colton Kowser. Um, I know you had brought up the prospect of. Possibly the Orioles trading Verlander for, um, Kowser for Verlander. Yeah, Kowser for Verlander straight up. Um, I don't think that necessarily means that Colton Kowser is being traded. There's a lot. Of, I mean, he has he hasn't started a lot. Period. You know. So, um, yeah. When it comes to, when it comes to Jorge Mateo, he's a, he's a guy who I think has literally zero trade value right now. It's minimal. Yeah. It's 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 incredibly minimal, and honestly, it's probably not even worth it. Yeah, I mean, he would just be kind of in there as like a maybe like a deal sweetener, like just a just a, a, a little a, something out filler. Yeah, just just put a little three sprinkles on top of your ice cream cone. Right. Yeah, I mean, like his defense is suffering. He's not stealing bases. He's not getting on base. What good is he? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he's you a know? pinch runner at that point. Yeah, a, a pinch runner who has the speed, but, you know, unless you're a team that's, you know, got a lot of guys who are hitting pretty consistently, where's the real benefit? I mean, the thing with the Orioles is their OBP as a team is so high, that's just because they walk a lot. 
Yeah, they're pretty good at draw, drawing walks. And that that almost makes speed irrelevant at that point. Because you're going to take your time getting from taking taking 90 feet when someone gets walked, you know? So Yeah, I mean, the Orioles are great at uh, getting, getting to the starter a little bit. I mean, hell, last night they had Chris Bassett throwing 120 pitches in like five innings of work. Yeah, and of course they hammered. For the second time this year, Luis Severino, which really, which really warms my heart. But, he got um, the work Sunday night. That's two times now that we've hit him for seven runs in an inning. Yeah, this year alone, two times. Um, that was six runs without an out being uh, yeah. recorded. Yeah. Uh, let me look at the box score last night. Uh, yeah, Chris Bassett, six innings of work, um, one hundred and thirteen pitches. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, but you know, when it comes to Jorge Mateo, he's a guy who I expect the Orioles to DFA designate for assignment, um, as opposed to attempt to trade him. Um, I, m- maybe somebody claims him. So what happens when people when when you're DFA'd? You're pretty much team. You're you're giving teams the opportunity to claim that player and keep him at the MLB at the MLB level. Mm-hmm. Similar to how waivers work in the NFL, if they go two days at the, if they go two days being claimed, then they, they can either choose to accept the assignment, and go to wherever the team sends them, or they don't accept the assignment and then they become a free agent. Yes. So, that's what I expect to happen with Jorge Mateo later on in the year, because um, again, you know what what value does he bring if he's if he's his defense is a very good. The speed, uh, I mean, speed is speed is going to stick with you. That's you know, that's not a that's not a question. It's the best best asset to this game. Um, but you know, if a team walks a lot, maybe if maybe for getting a deep double, and you're on first, you can score from first. Okay, that like like runs in the playoffs. In addition to pitching, you know, they they never fucking hurt either. But no, definitely not. Um but with the Orioles, they uh they actually sent Tyler Wells down to double A, just straight up down to Bowie. We'll we'll skip Norfolk. Um I wouldn't read too much into that either as far. I think they just have like DL Hall is coming up. He's going to be pitching in Norfolk. I think John Means is scheduled to be making some some tosses in there. Uh and him being in Bowie, in case they need him immediately, he can get the ball more quick. Yeah, um, but with him going down to Double A, there definitely is a uh, a premium on starting pitching yeah. right now for the Orioles. So, yeah, now um, now we do have that open spot available. I mean, we kind of had six starters in the rotation to begin with. That was we we were, we were kind of in a, we were kind of in a tough spot because I think Cole Irvin was given some starts. He's listed as a starting pitcher. Yeah, he's listed as a starter. So we had. Um, Gibson, Bradish, uh, Grayson, Cole Irvin, Kramer, and Dean Kramer, and Tyler Wells, and Tyler Wells. The six of them were all listed as starting pitching. So Tyler Wells, I mean, don't get me wrong, he pitches really, really well. He's looked really bad since the All Star break, though. I agree. He, he like he like he has not looked great since the All Star break. Um, problem with Tyler Wells, he is a um. He's a pitch to contact guy. But a lot of the contact is home runs. I think I think he might lead the American League in home runs allowed. Uh he, it's high. The number the number of home runs home runs he's allowed is high. Tyler Wells 
uh, has 25 home runs hit against him. Yeah, Dean that's Kramer hot. has 23. Really? Yes. Interesting. Didn't think that was that high. Anyway, um, uh, let me see. Let me go to MLB stats. Uh, let me go down to pitching. Uh, well, he's tied for second with uh, Sears from Oakland, but Lance Lynn actually leads the league in home runs at 28. Huh. Yes, Jordan Miles has given up 22. I mean, I mean, so so here's the thing: when it, when it comes when it comes to Tyler Wells, he's he's going to find his way back up to. Um, he's going to find his way back up to the ball club by September. I think I think that's a definite. Just because, yes, he hasn't looked very sharp coming out of the All Star break, but he is still tied for second in the or tied for third. I'm sorry in the MLB um, in walks plus hits per nine innings. The Seattle is this is real? MLB Insider, followed by the MLB. Uh, Seattle Mariners are acquiring Edward Bazardo from the Baltimore Orioles for Logan Reinhardt. Reinhardt. According okay, to a so familiar with the deal. Okay, so Bizarro. So in real time, here we go. Someone said, "Boom!" with a question mark. <laughs> Bizarro. He's a uh, pitcher. I think he made one outing for the Orioles. Looks okay. Like shit. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Said, "All right, well, no, we're not going to." Bizarro. I thought it was. I thought just. Samuel Basardo? Edward. Edward. Okay, I thought not, you said Sam Basalo. I, I thought you were talking about Basalo. Um, and they're trading for whom? Logan Reinhardt of the Seattle Mariners. Okay, so let's see what the hell is going on with Logan Reinhardt. Logan Reinhardt. That's Logan Gilbert. <laughs> Logan Reinhardt. Got him? I gotta be messing him. Alright, let me see here. Let me go to Seattle. Maybe he's on the injured list. See a pitcher. Uh Reinhardt, Reinhardt, Reinhardt. Dun 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 dun. Batting. Uh pretty sure it's a prospect. Okay, that would make more sense. Okay, let's see. Because he's not he does not have a pitching or a uh or a batting statistic. Probably a pitching prospect if I had to Logan Reinhardt. Logan Reinhardt. He's not on the top thirty. Well, I'm just fucking confused at this point. Yeah, I have no fucking clue what's going on. <laughs> Drafted in 2019. Um, this year he is one in three, two point eight ERA uh, relief pitcher. Currently at high A. Great. Oh man, just unreal. But. 
believe he was on the 40 man for the Orioles. Who, Bizardo? I believe he was. I don't know. Uh, let's see. I'm looking right now. I do not believe so. Okay, then I have no clue what the fuck's going on. Your guess is as good as mine at this point. That's just the that's just <laughs> a, a deal out of left field that has like no real implications to anything for a team that is competing for potentially a World Series at this point. I mean, we got two months left of baseball. And we're the number one seed in the AL. Yeah. We're the second best record in baseball. And here we are trading for relief pitchers in high single A. I mean at the deadline. Like that's what we're fucking worried about. I mean, look, if like if if he if so if if Basardo was on the forty man roster, that would make a lot of sense. Getting a guy off the forty man roster who he had no plans on fucking keeping to begin with. Yeah. Unless this is a guy that we're like, hey, you know what, we bring in this guy and he's gonna be part of a deal to bring in somebody else. I don't know. Um, surface level, right off the rip, this just looks like such an insignificant move. For a team that's competing now. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. You know, that's a it's a very interesting as to um the mindset behind it was not the deal that I thought we were going to make during the podcast. Um, <laughs> not, not, and, and, you know, not, not even to say that we're not going to make a move, move at all. You know, the Orioles, they're, they're going to make a move. They're going to lose a lot of fans if they don't. Shouldn't they, say lose, piss off. Yeah. No, they might lose some. Not us, but maybe someone. If they lo- if if they lose fans over not making a move, then they're not true Orioles fans. I, I'm not going to disagree with it because right if if we don't look if we don't make a move whatsoever, disappointed, yes. But then again, we had we would have had four straight hundred loss seasons had it not been for fucking COVID. Yeah. The the only good that the coronavirus did was kept the Orioles from losing four uh four hundred games in four years. Nuts. That's crazy. It's crazy to think about. Like, 100 games, four straight seasons, doesn't sound that bad. Until you put it, until you, until you do the math and throw the numbers together. Realistically, the Orioles could win 100 games this season. Right. If they go 35 and 20 in these last two months, we will win 100 games. And again, you know, Michael Elias knows where we're at right now. Do we need to make a do we need to make a monster splash? No. Because the team is finding ways to win. Mhm. They're 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 finding ways to win. There's no doubt about that. Major splash, definitely not. But they will make a trade. Yeah. I mean, the big thing is uh you know, we definitely need a starting pitcher. Like yeah. We need a a, a guy that's going to come in, he's going to jump into the rotation, he's going to be a starting pitcher for us. That will allow us the luxury of, as long as he doesn't get traded, when D.L. Hall comes back, like I said, he's set to be throwing at Norfolk. Um, when he comes back, we can put him in the bullpen for a postseason run. We can put John Means in the bullpen for a postseason run. 
Um, it, I mean, hell, we could even bring Tyler Wells back in for for a bullpen uh, postseason run. One of those guys that you know maybe Grayson Rodriguez gets into trouble early, and you got to bring in um, John Means or Tyler Wells in the third or fourth inning, a, like a, a distance reliever, and they can give you two or yeah. three innings out of a out of a you know coming out of the pen, and then you have Kalum on the back end, you have Shintaro Fujinami coming out of the pen, um, Yanir Cano and Felix Bautista as well. Um, Starting pitching is the main thing. That affords us a huge luxury of bolstering the bullpen um, with guys coming back from injury. Um, I don't know what Dylan Tate's timeline looks like, um, but he could potentially come back in time for the postseason. Um, And then, I mean, Michael Givens didn't look good when he was on the mound for us to begin with, so I don't even know if I want him out there come postseason time. Right. 19 minutes ago via Jack Curry. Yes. Studio analyst on Yes Network. Um, followed by Adrian Wojnarowski and MLB. The Orioles have an offer in for White Sox Dylan Cease. So there's an offer in. We'll see what's happening. We'll see what it looks like. Uh, obviously, keep you guys posted here uh, in the coming minutes. Um, also, never change the date on the podcast. I am a jackass. Um we just we had to get right into it. I have uh, something going on later tonight. Don't want to say we're rushing the podcast, but we're just, we just can't pussyfoot around. But I changed it now. We're good. Right. It's now August. Welcome to August, everybody. Um, yeah, someone like Dylan Cease, uh, he allows the Orioles to to make a good push in the postseason and allow us to move some, uh, you know, some some people into the bullpen. I'd like to see us maybe trade for another bullpen guy if possible. That would make me very happy, but um, we'll also have to see if uh, this Dylan Cease trade goes through. Um, and uh, and see if what we gave up to, to get him in and see if there's some other pieces we could maybe move around to, to bring in another guy. Um, I know if Dylan Cease wasn't an option, I was looking at the Padres, something like Blake Snell, um, even Joe Musgrove, Blake Snell was like a pipeline dream. He was a little like that dude's second in an outside young contention right now. Yeah. Um, so we would have to give up a haul for him. Joe Musgrove, dude, he's still got. Like I don't a think three I, something ERA. Like he's pitching well too. I don't think. I don't think he would have to give up a crazy haul for Blake Snell, considering the fact he's going to be a free free agent this year. I think. I think San Diego would just be happy taking what they what they could get. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you know, a a, a deal a deal will be made for sure. Um. You know, acquiring a guy like Dylan Cease, someone who I've been talking about, I feel like for fucking two years now at this point. You have, and then apparently he was like off the market, but now he's like back on the market. But I also saw like a move earlier that said like. Luis Robert Jr. was on the market. Like, they were at least, like, fielding calls. But then it was like, no, we're absolutely not. Like, he's the one guy that's untouchable. It's just been a shit show. But, yeah, you have been on the Dylan Cease uh, train for for quite some time. Yeah. I mean, when when it comes to Dylan Cease, so right, so right now, this is his third MLB season. So, last year he was a Cy Young contender. This year he's not pitching as well. Um this season currently he's uh he's been in for just under 120 innings. He's four and four, a four point one ERA, hundred and forty three strikeouts, forty nine walks. Um so so the num- the numbers are there. It's just the it's just 
not winning games, maybe not getting run support, the run support that he needs from um, from the rest of the White Sox hitters. Yeah. Um, the thing with Dylan Cease, if we, if, we, if the Orioles were to trade for him, that would give the Orioles about two point four years of controllability still before Dylan Cease would then become a free agent. So you would have to give up a lot for him, which the Orioles have. And I think I think if they do, if they were to make a move for him, that would kind of go ahead and show like, okay, look, we know what we have. Like, like we know what people are going to be. Mm-hmm. We're okay with going forward with what we have and developing the guys that developing guys that are behind. Sure. Um, I think another thing that it does for the team is it shows other players like, hey. Baltimore is now a place to be. Mm-hmm. The winning, the look, we have the longest streak of not being swept in over a hundred years, which is crazy to think about. Yeah, in the modern day MLB with so much talent, <laughs> like the lowest, um. Second lowest payroll. Right. The lowest payroll teams are doing better than the highest payroll teams now at this point. Um you know, I think I think it just goes to show that that there's a much bigger disparity in talent across disparity's the wrong word. But the talent is more uh, spread out. Sure. Yeah. In in the MLB. So um the fact that we've gone this long without being swept is just incredible. But um you know, I think I think it shows other ML, uh, other pitchers that are going to be free agents this year and, and the following years to come. That okay, this is a place to be now. Um, so hopefully the Orioles can get a deal done for Dylan Cease. That would be that would be fantastic to do. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm maintaining on X here to uh, see if something pops up, but I haven't haven't gotten anything. Uh... Trade's been finalized, or you know, the White Sox have like a counter offer, nothing of the sorts. But, yeah. Um, um, yeah. So just to just to run down a few trades that have happened since we've last talked uh, here on the podcast, I think the I think the last trade that we went over was a trade also involving the White Sox, Lance Lynn and Joe Kelly being traded to the LA Dodgers for Trace Thompson, um, and I believe two minor league pitchers. Mm-hmm. Um, Big deal on Saturday. Max Scherzer got dealt to the Texas Rangers uh, for Max Scherzer and cash consideration uh, for Luis Angel Acuna, uh, who is the younger brother of Ronald Acuna. Mm-hmm. Number 44 prospect in all of baseball. He's now the second best prospect in the Mets uh, pipeline. Uh, Max Scherzer is now the first player in, I think, professional sports history to be paid $15 plus million by three teams concurrently. <laughs> Dude, whoever his whoever his agent is just deserves like a an award or something. Right. Um, Jordan Hicks, uh, he was another guy that I've been that I talked about a little bit. Um, pitcher for the used to be pitcher for the Cardinals, now a pitcher for the Toronto Blue Jays. As uh, he was dealt for two minor league prospects as well. Uh, St. Louis was kind of in a fire sale. Also dealt Jordan Montgomery, who was a. Not, who was really the guy that I was talking about most from St. Louis, uh, as well as Chris Stratton, also to the Texas Rangers for more um, 
more prospects. Mm. So Texas really doubling down on the pitching there. They know what they have. They're ready to they're ready to try and make a run at it. Um another pitcher being dealt. Cleveland dealt Aaron Savale to the Tampa Bay Rays in exchange for I believe a infield prospect that the Rays had. Um let me see here. Something else happened significant. Somewhat significant. Brad Hand got dealt today from Colorado to Atlanta. He was a guy who I who I also kind of was would have liked to see the Orioles get. Uh talked about G Man Choi and Rich Hill being traded to San Diego already. Uh Paul DeYoung and cash consideration are going to the Toronto Blue Jays. So St. Louis just did a full fuck it. Still have Goldschmidt, still have Nolan Arenado, so they still do have their two better players, but um Toronto pulling the trigger on a shortstop today, the day after Bo Bichette goes out. Mm-hmm. Um doesn't seem very encouraging for Bo Bichette for the rest of the year in that case. No. Um Right before right before we started recording, Justin Verlander getting traded back to the Houston Astros in exchange for two prospects. One was the number one prospect for Houston. Um, the other one was number four. Yeah, the other one, the other one was number four. Only one of them was a top 100 prospect. Um, talked about Michael Lorenzen already, and then we also talked about the Baltimore trade. So that's pretty much everything that's happened so far. Um, still another two hours ago, a little under two hours ago. Um, so... Who knows what's going to happen? Um, I expect I expect there to be a few more moves made by the Orioles, hopefully. Um, but after all, what the hell do I know? Yeah. Um, I mean, while we're talking about the Orioles, I also wanted to bring up the fact that the Orioles were seventeen and nine in the month of July, where every game they played was a bu- uh, was against a team that was above five hundred. Every game they played, that team was above 500, yep. 17 and 9. Um, so they're definitely like they're here, they're ready to play. Um, they get to the playoffs, they're probably going to win a playoff series, um, and even potentially give another team um, some hell in the second round in the ALDS, um, potentially making the ALCS. It's a, it's a reality that like I didn't think I was going to say anytime soon for the Orioles. Um, but it is a reality. I think. I think. I think timeline you and I established when we were talking about talking about the Orioles on the podcast this time last year. I think was not this year, but next year. Yeah, next year definitely seemed a little more realistic. Um, getting some of those young guys more reps, see more pitches, everything like that. Just give you know some of those guys more time to to get up here and develop. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, you kind of saw you kind of saw the writing on the wall to begin with. You kind of saw that. Okay, we're trending in the right direction. I kind of ex- I expect us to be about 500 this year, but not 24 games over 500 heading into August 1st. No, no, definitely not uh definitely not for me either. Um so yeah, so I'm I mean they're well overachieving um from but, most it, people's expectations. And that 17 and 9 that you talked about that is also the best I think tie for the best mark and um in baseball last month. With Seattle. Yes. Yeah. With Seattle. Did you say that? No. Okay. But um yeah, tied with Seattle um for the best record in uh the month of July. To but... add on to that as well, the last two months of the year, I believe the Orioles have the easiest schedule based on opponent winning percentages for the rest of the year. I don't think that's true at all. 
You don't think, dude? We have a tough schedule. Do we? I thought I thought I saw it on Twitter. I could be so I, I could be wrong. Uh, I may have, I may have misread it, but we still have a four game set against Tampa. Uh, we have two series against Houston. Um, we have two West Coast field trips we have to make. Um, so let's see. We got the Blue Jays, Mets, Astros. Mariners, Padres, Athletics, Blue Jays, Rockies, and then White Sox here in August. In only, September, only only two teams above five hundred though. In September, we have the Diamondbacks, the Angels, the Red Sox, the Cardinals, the Rays, the Astros, the Guardians, the Nationals, the and then the Red Sox. Maybe maybe it was based on the August. Maybe maybe based on August we had the easiest. We had the easiest schedule for opponent versus opponent winning percentages. Yeah, I mean we got three Maybe games not. left against the Blue Jays. Maybe not the rest of the year, but um, we got a three games set against the Astros. There's six games. Um, the Mariners. We got three games. There's nine. Padres aren't above 500. Oakland definitely is not. Uh, Blue Jays. We got a three game set, so we're up to 12. Rockies, no. White Sox, no. So 12 games out of 27 in the month of August are above. Um, 500. Yeah. We got a, we got a pretty rough schedule, um, for the last two months of the season. So got to continue to play some, uh, some good baseball there. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, definitely doable. The good, the good thing is that the Orioles just continue to find ways to win on the road. I believe, I believe they have the best winning record in the American league on the road, at least best winning percentage. They're 33 and 20 on the road, 32 and 21 in Camden yards. So, um, it's definitely not a team that you want to see strolling into your little to your little ballpark there, um, but um, but now I mean, it's a very exciting time to be an Orioles fan. Um, just hope they make a move today. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I say we uh, we bounce over to the NFL real quick. I already checked them off. You're good. Yeah. Um, the big news is the Jonathan Taylor drama coming out of Indianapolis. Um, he has officially requested a trade after he was informed that uh, he will not be extended. And then he was also informed he will not be traded. Right. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a really bad. It's a really weird battle to be in. I think I really don't think Jim Ursay is that great of an owner. I think it was just Dan Dan uh Dan Snyder was that much worse. Um and that's why not many people talked about him being a bad owner. But uh yeah, Jim Ursay refuses to pay Jonathan Taylor more, but all then also refuses to trade him. And now there's the rumor that the contemplating putting him on the non non football injury list. Yeah. Which is, um, if a player gets hurt, not involved in the NFL season, which happens. Training for the NFL, if if you're training for it, if you have a, if if something freak happens and he, mm-hmm. and you get hurt, similar to what happened in the Eam Hines, um, they have that designated list. More often than not, um, players are still paid through that. But this gives the Colts the opportunity to not even pay Jonathan Taylor and go into next season still with control over him. So, um, Jonathan Taylor says he has no clue where the hell he got that information from because he says he's he's not hurt. 
Yeah, it was a uh, it was a back injury was reported. Um, he's like, yeah, my back is fine, always has been, never been an issue. Don't know where the hell that's coming from. Yeah. Um, I think this is just this this interaction right here that's going on between the Colts and Jonathan Taylor. This will be the straw that breaks the camel's back, and this will force the NFL to get involved as with with what's going on with the running backs. What's the fix? I don't know. Nothing immediate, but the NFL is the NFL is going to have to come for the NFL is going to have to do something and say, okay, look. What's going on right now? This is not a good look for the league. You, yeah, you can't just treat them however in the hell you see fit. Right. Um Like not like not extending guys, that's one thing. You know, not Saquon, Tony Pollard, uh Josh Jacobs. Not getting deals done with those guys, that's one thing. Okay? Understandable. You want one thing, they want to do another thing. You can't reach an agreement by by a certain deadline. That happens. But trying to put someone on a non-contact injury list when they're not even hurt, that's fucked up. Saying you're not going to extend him and you're also not going to trade him at the same time, that's also fucked up. So you're pretty much just telling them, you're playing for my fucking team. For this minimum contract, and you'll like it. Yeah. So I mean it's it's that part of, so that part is really fucked up. Um, the NFL's the NFL's got to step in and do something. It's either that or I think you might honestly see Jonathan Taylor um, hold out for an injury, something something football related. He's gonna take a tackle. He's gonna be like ah ah this hurts ah, and then he's gonna be like no I just I don't feel ready to play. I don't feel good to go. Yep, that could be it. Ah, so you know what? It's still it's still lingering. It doesn't feel good to go. Yeah. Ah, still, you know, week after week, Jonathan Taylor, questionable, probable, whatever. Scratch. Yeah. I wouldn't blame him. No. No, I I I wouldn't either. Um. And Jim Irsay inviting him on his fucking. Did you hear about that? Yeah. Inviting him on his bus to fucking give him a tour, just to tell him fuck you, like. This is my team. It's my decision. You have no say. Which wasn't exactly how it went, but... But, like, the thing is, is they have Anthony Richardson on a rookie contract. You're not paying him. Right. You're not paying anybody over there. No. Shaq Leonard might be the most expensive player you have over there right now. Oh, that is something I can check on after. Um, so you can pay Jonathan Taylor. Right, it's like it's it's not a matter of whether or not you can pay him or not. You have nineteen million dollars in cap space. Shaq Leonard has your largest cap hit. So good on you. Jonathan Taylor currently has your one or two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven highest cap hit on the team. I mean, what's stopping you from paying Jonathan Taylor twelve million dollars a year? Give him a three-year extension for $36 million, $12 million a year. So-and-so, X amount, guaranteed. Now, it came out saying that he wanted 16 Well, that's much. That's, that's, a, um, that's a little much. He said, look, Jonathan Taylor had one incredible year. Uh, the Brewers are acquiring Andrew Chaffin from the Diamondbacks. 
via Ken Rosenthal. So Jonathan Taylor, Jonathan Taylor had one incredible year. But one incredible year not in a contract here does not equate to you being the highest-paid running back in the NFL. No. So $16 million, that's, that's that's a little much. That's a little rich in my opinion. I think 12 like you said, is a little bit more fair. Um, Christian McCaffrey can get $16 million because Christian McCaffrey can also probably be the starting wide receiver on most teams in the NFL. Right. Maybe not the number one, but he could be a starting wide receiver yeah, on most yeah, teams. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey's valuable enough that you can use him in multiple different roles. Jonathan Taylor, he's he's not so much known for his receiving ability. He's more known as just the downhill back. Yeah, he's he's not a bad pass catcher out of the backfield. He's right. not terrible, but... It's, it's, it's definitely not a strong suit of his game. Right. So. And unless you're somebody like Derrick Henry... You're probably not getting a very lucrative contract as just like a downhill runner. Right. But Derrick Henry's, we've said it time and time again, he's built like a defensive end and runs like a scared deer. And he like he he he's def- he's defying like time right now. Yeah. He's been so dominant for so long. He shouldn't be able to be this dominant for this long. No. But he's just, he's just built like he's he's so massive. Um that his body is able to withstand a little bit more contact than um, some other people. Unlock. Oh, fuck you, Ian Rappaport. I don't want to hear about Shane Zystro, whatever the hell his name is. But then again, you know, the whole Derrick Henry thing and even, you know, something, you know, we, we've talked about it time and time again here on the podcast. Um, just because you have that running back that produces for you. Doesn't mean you have to pay him top dollar because then actually because end of the day that doesn't always translate to team success. Right. Doesn't always doesn't always get you to the Super Bowl title. So, um, I definitely I definitely see it from both sides. Um, I see it from the front office perspective. I see it from the owner's perspective. I also do see it from the running back perspective. Besides besides the besides the guys in the trenches, it, that is that is the most physical <clears throat> position in the NFL. Oh yeah. So why not let us why not let them make a little bit more money? I get it. But at the same time, I also understand why they're not doing why they're not making the money. I mean, look look, like I said, you can give uh Jonathan Taylor a three year, thirty six million dollar contract, uh maybe fourteen of it is guaranteed or something like that. <coughs> Excuse me. Also front load it. Understand that like running backs like the longevity of it all. So pay him more in year one and two of this extension versus year three. Don't get don't put you know twenty million of it on year three. Right. You know what I mean? Like front load it a little bit more. There's ways to work around it. It seems like just a lack of effort from uh from teams to to work on it. So um yeah, that's uh that's really messy there down in Indianapolis. Um, a report uh, MRI showed there's no structural damage to Bobachet's right knee. Well, that's good. Um, best case scenario, but he'll probably still have some time off. Yeah. Um. There you go. There's a little update on Bobachet. We were talking about him not too long ago. Um. Yeah, so the Colts, that's getting messy down there. Um, and then the other drama going on in the NFL right now is Aaron Rodgers is clapping back at uh, Sean Payton 
telling him to keep his coach's name out his mouth. <laughs> yeah, th- yeah, this was this was something else that we talked that we talked about on Friday. Uh, Sean Payton making comments about the about the old coaching staff that he's now taking over for. Um, we even we even told Sean Payton, or we we even we, we didn't tell Sean Payton. We gave up. We gave our two cents, and said, um, and said, look, this is this is the kind of shit that gets you in trouble. Yeah, I mean, look, you're not wrong. It was a shit show last year. Nathaniel Hackett was over his skis but as far as being a head coach. But it's not your place to say it. But you can't come out in the media and just say right. that. It's not your place to say it. Since then, it, like you said, Aaron Rodgers has came out and said, keep my coach's name out of your mouth. And it, like Aaron Rodgers was respectful through the whole thing. Like he's, he's not, He didn't go on like this long tirade, nothing like that. Um, yeah, I mean, he basically said it was shocking um, and just like... Just wasn't a fan of it. Look, I'm okay. Like if you if you're Sean Payton, you want to come out and, and talk your shit. Come out and talk your shit. It is what it is. Also, don't be mad when uh, somebody comes out and talks their shit back. Right. And like the whole the whole excuse that he used of oh I still have my analyst hat on. You've been a head coach for fucking seven months now. You were a head coach for how long before you were an analyst? Right. Like you like you were a head coach for however fucking long. You were an analyst for what a year two years. Max, Max, and now you're a head coach again. Like it's not like the analyst hat should be easier to take off than, than the a coach's fucking, hat. Than a coach's hat. Yeah, exactly. Since then, Nathaniel Hackett has also came out and said that he kind of broke like an unwritten rule amongst coaches and said that he, that he does not expect an apology. Yeah, I don't blame him. Um, Since then, Mike Tomlin has even came out and. At, and given his two cents about this too, really saying that he's happy that this game is going to be more than likely on national television because he would love to see the end result. <laughs> Mike Tomlin just stirring the pot. I'm here for it. Look, I so some some me me personally when it comes to fantasy football this year, I'm not very high on anybody on the Jets, probably besides Garrett Wilson. That is the one fucking week I would not bench a Jets offensive player. That's the one week I wouldn't. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers and that offense are going to go crazy. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, the, like the whole thing with Michael Jordan of, and I took that personally, Aaron Rodgers is going to take that personally. Well, him and Nathaniel Hackett are good friends. I mean, he even said, he said like he, he is his most F- favorite, favorite coach. coach. Favorite coach in his entire time in the NFL. Like, that's, that's one of his good friends. So... Yeah, Aaron Rodgers is going to take that personal. Yeah, that that Michael Jordan meme, and at that point, it became personal to me. Right. Like, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is going is going to make sure. Even Robert Sala. I mean, that's a defensive guy that's like out there. Robert Sala has come out and defended him in like a. He addressed it, but he didn't really say anything kind of way. Right. Um, Robert Sala probably had that team uh, fired up and ready to go. Um. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, I saw that earlier. Wow. Bron- Broncos are, are are might be in for one. Week five, I think it is, is when they play. And it's too bad we can't walk back on it now and say that the Jets are going to win. Hey, it is what it is. We we didn't know that there was going to be uh, very true. this much shit talking going on. But I'm here for it. Likewise. Well, buddy... 
I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to talk about, but I know that was really all the talking points we had. Uh, wish there was a better deal that the Orioles got done during the podcast uh, that we could bring to you guys. Um, just remember, apparently the Orioles do have an offer in to the White Sox for Dylan Cease. Hopefully that does get done within the coming minutes. I said that a half hour ago when we brought it up. Um, if they have a deal in for Dylan Cease, I would also imagine they have a deal in for Eduardo Rodriguez as well. Um it's just a matter of who gets back first. They 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 have they have their offers in for guys across the league. Probably other teams are just doing their due diligence. Um, you know, Michael Elias probably doesn't want to give up a whole lot, which is why a deal has not gotten done yet. Um, which is completely understandable. Other teams are probably like you have teams saying, "Okay, we'll give you our second and fifth best prospect." Orioles are like, "Okay, well, we'll give you our." We'll give you our fourth and our seventh, even though our fourth is like their first. Right. Right. So um, a deal is going to get done. It's just a matter of when and who. Currently an hour and 36 minutes away from the deadline. So um, if you listen to this before fucking, before the fucking deadline, good for you. Um Doubt a lot of people. I doubt any. I doubt anybody will. But if you do, we appreciate it. We do. Um, but um, I expect LNC to be an Oriole by the end of the day. I'm hoping. Fingers are crossed. Fingers yeah. are crossed. I'm really hoping. Um, I will. I've been on the fucking hype train for so long. I will be buying a Dylan C jersey. Uh, okay. I've I've been on this hype train for a while now. Yeah, I mean you're committed at this point. Yeah, I'm. I am very committed. Um, let's go ahead and get on out of here. Uh, we'll get this posted. I can. Uh, Head off to class, maybe grab something to eat before class, and then uh, go ahead and learn how to uh, care and prevent injuries, although I know most of this from working in physical therapy, but there might be some stuff I don't know, so maybe I'll learn something. That's a good mindset to have. It's a good mindset, you know? Unfortunately, my teacher already knows that I work in physical therapy. I didn't realize that I had my name tag on last night, and she saw she saw the pivot name tag, and she's like uh, talking about the athletic training and how pivot took the contract for athletic training in the area. She's like, "I see a pivot shirt. Is that right?" And she asked me. I'm like, "Yeah, yeah. I have no idea. I'll be. I have no, no clue. I'm not in charge of that department. No, not me. Is that a pivot shirt? Who? Oh. <laughs> Pointing right at the name tag. Me? Me? Right not here? this." That's not Dude, me. the thing is, it's got like it's got like some sharp corners. So if I took it off and just wung it, I, I could hurt somebody. That thing's like damn near a ninja star. <laughs> I'll show you after it's in my book bag here. I'll, I'll show you this thing, dude. This thing's a weapon. <laughs> well, like you said, got nothing else to talk about today. Schedule predictions coming this Friday. If I don't slowly descend into madness while I'm at work, I'm in the quietest part of the warehouse all by myself. Oh God, oh, fuck. Saw so, my phone light up. It was just the news app. I don't care. So, um, yeah, Dylan Cease to the Orioles, that's a prediction. Uh, we're going to go ahead and go with that. If it's not Dylan Cease, it's Eduardo Rodriguez. So, and if it's neither one of them, I will cry. Yeah, if it's neither, if it's neither one of those, that's okay. The team's just not ready to commit to a World Series title this year. Terrible. All right, we'll see you guys on Friday. Y'all stay safe, make good choices, have a good week. Like I said, uh, see you guys on Friday. Football this week, don't forget. Thursday. Hall of Fame game. Perfect. Hall of Fame game on Thursday. Thanks, guys. We'll see you on Friday. See ya.